Please remain standing and open the pages of your scripture, the Bible that you have in, in your hand, to our first reading, the book of Psalm. Isaiah, sorry, the book of Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, verse 6 and 7. These words from Isaiah 53 will remind you how Jesus, the Messiah, suffered in the hand of wicked men, how he was silent silent in order to fulfill the work of redemption. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughters, to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Now turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. Mark, chapter 15. Verse 1 to 15, Mark 15, 1 to 15. Jesus before Pilate. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes. And the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away. And delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked, and among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas, And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priestess had delivered him up. But the chief priestess stirred up the crowd to have have him release for them Barabbas Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil 
has he, he, has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, what we just heard from Mark 15 is very sobering for us to hear. Your Son came to the world to save sinners, but those for whom He came crucified Him. Those who knew who He was betrayed Him. Lord, this morning as we hear the message of your word, we pray that you would help us to be faithful to you. That you would help us to follow and love your son Jesus Christ till the end. That there will not be a time in our life where any one of us would deny your son Jesus Christ, even to the extent of seeing him dead. Speak to us by your word. Your servants are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It has been said that silence is golden. I'm sure most of you are familiar with that expression. Silence is golden. What it means is it is often better to remain silent than to speak. There is value and virtue in keeping your mouth shut. That's what it means. But this morning we come to a different kind of silence. This silence is the silence of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ before Pilate and all his enemies. The silence that we are talking about this morning is the silence of God, the silence of the maker of heaven and earth, the silence of the one who is in absolute control. The silence of Jesus Christ. You see, that silence is not only golden, but it is glorious. And you know why? Because it is through that silence that Jesus fulfilled your salvation. It is because through that silence, you have now the right and the privilege to call God Abba Father. Jesus was silent so that you and I would speak and pray and cry and call the maker of heaven and earth, God himself, my father. So it's not only golden, but it is glorious. Of course, our text is speaking about this dead silence that Jesus um, expressed before Pilate and all his enemies. Listen to what Mark tells us. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of Jews? And he answered him, you have said so. 
And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. Now listen to this. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now this morning, what I want us to do is, we're not going to let only Pilate to be amazed at what's happening here. But I also want all of us to be amazed about three things from our text this morning. I want us to be amazed by Jesus' silence. I want us to be amazed by the substitutionary death of our, Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. Jesus taking our place and dying on the cross. That should amaze you. That should astonish you as a believer. The righteous dying in the place of the unrighteous. That should bring amazement into your life as a Christian. But I also want us to be shocked because you have this shocking uh, cowardness of Pilate in our text this morning, being the Roman governor with all authority. But we see him because of fear, uh, because of self-love and fear and love of power, uh, condemning Jesus, knowing who he was, to execution. So first, I want us to be amazed by Jesus' silence. Pilate said to Jesus, Look, listen, how many charges they are bringing against you. All these people brought charges against you. Now, I want, to, I want all of you to remember that the Sanhedrin in Israel, the, the, the supreme council of um, the, um, the Jewish nation, they, uh, they wanted Jesus to be killed. They want Jesus to, to die. In uh, John 18, we see Pilate saying to them, you want this man to be dead? Take him and have him being killed. And what they say to Pilate in John 18 was, but we don't have that authority. Do you know why they say that? They want him to be dead, but the power of the sword was taken from them by the Romans. They were living under the Roman rule. So they didn't have any authority to execute Jesus. That's why they brought him to Pilate. They could have killed him themselves, but they didn't have that authority. So they brought him to Pilate. They, pro they brought him to Pilate so that the, the prophecy of the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus would be executed by the Romans. Not only that you see what you see before your eyes this morning is the rejection of both the Jews and the Gentiles. Every one of us, we are guilty of the death of the Son of God. 
The Jews rejected him. Now the Gentiles are rejecting him. So all of us are joining in the rejection of the Son of God. No one is exempted. All of us, we are guilty of the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what you see here. Him being delivered to the Gentiles. You see, Pilate represents the Gentile world. And he had every authority to uh, condemn Jesus to death. So Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Think about that. You see, if Jesus say, yes, I am the king of the Jews, that would be what? That would be capital crime. And it is punishable by death. And Jesus' response was, you said so. What it means is, Pilate, what you just said is the truth. In, in, in the original language, are you the king of the Jews? Is not a question, it is a statement. You are the king of the Jews. What you said, Pilate, is the truth. I am. But I'm not the kind of king that you are thinking. I'm not the kind of king that the people are thinking. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is from above. I am the king, but I am the king who came to die for his people. I am the king who will be crucified on the cross in Jerusalem. I'm that kind of king. I'm the king who came to deal with the sins of the children of God. I'm the king who came to take the place of sinners. What you just said is the truth. My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus, in fact, told Pilate, if my, kingdom of, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would have, fight, would have been fighting that I might not be delivered out to the Jews. And then by the Jews to the Gentiles. But I'm the king to die. What is amazing, beloved, was the fact that Jesus was bounded. Think about that. They bounded Jesus. They scourged Jesus. Think about that. In the Gospel of Mark, so far, what you have been observing was Jesus casting out demons. Jesus rising up the dead. The dead. Jesus calming the storms and the wind. Jesus feeding 5,000 people with few provision. That's the Jesus that you have been observing. Now, what you are observing is the Jesus who is silent. The Jesus who is beaten. The Jesus who is afflicted. And he's silent. What is this silence? Why is Jesus silent? You know, Jesus predicted this. You see, when we see Jesus being bounded, when we see Jesus being beaten, you and I can be tempted to think, oh, right now, the Romans and the Sanhedrin are in charge. 
Now, when you have that impression in your mind, in your heart, I want you to remember what Jesus told his disciples. In Mark 10, 32 and 33, Jesus told his disciples, listen, we'll go to Jerusalem. When we arrive to Jerusalem, the Son of Man will fall into the hand of what? Gentiles. They will charge him. I, I will be charged. I will be beaten. I will be despised. I will be rejected. And I will be cru crucified. Now, let me ask you this. Who is in control? Jesus is in control. Who is in charge? Jesus is in charge. Because what is taking place is what he predicted. Not only that, you will see, you see in Acts 4, you will see the people praying, Acts 4.27, For truly in this city there were, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you have appointed, both whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do, to do what? To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Why is Jesus silent? Jesus is silent to fulfill the plan of his Father. Jesus is silent to fulfill. To bring your salvation to completion. He's silent to fulfill Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. This was fulfilled through his silence. Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ. His silence was not a sign of defeat. His silence was a sign of complete surrender, complete submission to the will of his Father. And the will of his Father was for him to die on the cross on your behalf. That's why Jesus was silent. That's why Jesus was silent. He was silent so that you and I would have a direct access to God the Father, to call him Abba Father. Hebrews 12, 2, the writer tells us, Jesus, look, look, look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Listen to this. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Who would rejoice, brothers and sisters in Christ, being crucified on the cross? Who would rejoice being scourged and bounded by the people whom he created? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. He was looking to the joy that was set before him. What joy? Your salvation. Your redemption. What does his silence mean to the first century Christians? You know, when this was written, 
The believers in Israel, in, in Judea, the believers in, Jerusa, in Jerusalem were going through severe persecution. It was the time that King Nero was the king and he was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. They were crying for justice. And God, through the silence of his son, was telling the believers in Jerusalem, and you follow his example, and you be silent. And let me deal with your persecution and with Nero. What does, what does his silence mean to you and I? You and I will, will have a time in our Christian life that we will be persecuted. Maybe we'll be thrown into prison. Maybe people whom we know will disrespect us, reject us, and speak ill of us. Then our tendency, you and I, all the time is defense. I have to defend myself. I have to speak. Beloved, there is a time to be silent. Like Jesus. Listen to Peter in 1 Peter 2, 21-23. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you. Not only to save you, but also to leave you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judged justly, his father. Secondly, beloved, we need to be amazed by Jesus' substitutionary death. Pilate was struggling. Pilate knew who Jesus was. Pilate knew that they delivered Jesus to him, this Sanhedrin, this uh, Jewish council, delivered Jesus to him because of envy. He knew that. But uh, Pilate, expecting that the people would choose Jesus, than any other, you know, criminal, he presented a proposal to them. You see, he was, he was a coward. Pilate was a coward man. He loved himself. He loved his power than the truth. So the proposal was, hey, you know, every time the, the, this feast, the Passover feast comes, to Israel, I release one prisoner for you. So do you want me to release this Jesus, the king of Jews, or Barabbas? And Barabbas was a criminal. He was a murderer, a revolutionary in Israel. He was in prison. So Pilate's expectation was, well, Jesus is a miracle worker. These people, they want Jesus to heal them. They want Jesus to feed them. I'm sure, I'm sure they will say, Jesus. You see, that, that was what he was thinking. He initiated the proposal. They didn't ask first. He proposed this first. Because he was terrified. But he was shocking. You see, the people chose Barabbas over Jesus. 
How come? How would a person choose a murderer, a killer, someone who represents violence and 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 murder and robbery? How could a person choose that person over Jesus? I'll tell you why. John. 319, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. This is why. They loved Barabbas than Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Barabbas is, is the representation of darkness in this world. Paul in 1 Corinthians 2.14 said, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. So Pilate, you see, freed Barabbas and condemned Jesus. Isaiah 53, 8 and, 8 and 9 was fulfilled by oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. What happened was, Jesus took Barabbas' place. The place of a murderer, the place of a killer, the place of a man who represents violence, Jesus took his place. And Barabbas was free. Are you amazed by that? You see what happened? What happened was the righteous was sent, was condemned to death. The righteous. The unrighteous was free. By the standard of this world, Unrighteousness, wickedness is, is applauded. Righteousness is hated and rejected. In the case of Jesus, brothers and sisters in Christ, he took Barabbas' place to, to point all of us to his atoning work on the cross, to his substitutionary death on the cross. Jesus took our place and died on the cross. The righteous for the unrighteous, 1 Peter 3, 8, for Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. The righteous for the unrighteous. How many of you are amazed by his substitutionary death on the cross. I want you to think that Jesus died on the cross in your place. It was not his place. It's your place. It should be you on that cross. It should be me on that cross. Being punished for our sins. For our crime. But Jesus took our place. The righteous 
for the unrighteous. That should astonish us as God's children. Because what happened was what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake he made him to be sin. Who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness that you have in your life today is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's not your righteousness. It is the righteousness of God. You received it as a gift by faith. It was imputed upon you and you received it by faith. But when that happened, Jesus also took your sins, my sins upon himself and went to the cross and he died in our place. Lastly, I want us to be really, really shocked by Pilate's cowardness. Pilate, in our text, declared Jesus as innocent several times. Listen to Pilate, Luke 23, 4. I found no guilt in this man. Matthew 27, 24. Pilate saw that he was not getting anywhere, so he washed his hands, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. You remember his wife had a dream and she came to him and she was talking to him. She was telling him, I had this bad dream, dream last night. I don't want you to have anything in the, in the death of this man. He's innocent. Don't, don't condemn him to death. Stop what you are trying to do. And as his wife was talking to Pilate, you know, I, want you, I want you to see the picture. His wife is trying to convince him not to condemn Jesus to death. The, the Pharisees and the scribes were talking to the crowd. They were stirring up the people to shout, saying, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate's final word was, here is the man, the king of the Jews. What do you want me to do with the king of the Jews? Beloved, if if there is any question, any question in life that every individual needs to answer, and the answer that individual gives will determine his eternity, is this question. What should we do with Jesus, the King of the Jews? Even today, many would say crucify him. We don't want him. We don't, we don't want to have to do anything with him. We hate him. Crucify him. Even today, there are people in the world who would join the Jewish people saying crucify him, crucify him. The final attempt by Pilate was, okay. So he took him inside. And he scourged him. He beat Jesus. And then he brought him outside. And he said, would this be enough? Are you now satisfied? I scourged him. I beat him. He's humiliated. Would this be enough? 
You see, he was trying to save himself. And the people said, no, 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 no. If you set him free, you are the enemy of Caesar. And we will tell Caesar. You see, the story of Pilate was he was removed from his power by Caesar. And he ended up killing himself. That was his story. Listen to how our text ends. So Pilate, listen to this, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barnabas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified, wishing to please the crowd. God forbid how many people today Live their life to please the crowd. Oh, this is the crowd. The crowds are speaking. I must listen to the crowd. I must do what the crowd wants me to do. In the light of this, I want to ask all of you, including myself, what about you? Do you want to please the crowd? Or Jesus? Would you choose Jesus over the crowd? The crowd who, who hates Jesus. Who wants to see Jesus dead in the grave forever. So that there will not be salvation for you and for I, for me. Listen to Paul in Galatians 1.10. For, I, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Wow. Paul said, I live my life to please God, not man. Beloved, don't be like Pilate by God's grace. Don't be like Pilate. Be like Mary. Remember Mary? Who came with her perfume. Very expensive. And she poured her perfume on Jesus. And she declared, this man is my Savior. And she did that in the presence of the Pharisees and the scribes to the point that they were not happy with her at all. But she said, I don't care. This is my Savior. He's going to die for me on the cross. I will love him till death. Pilate, Mary, who are you today? Who are you today, beloved? Who are you today? I hope Mary. I hope Peter, who denied his master, but repented and was restored. And he gave up his own life for the gospel. 
Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, it was our sin that took Jesus to the cross. We are also guilty. Lord, but uh, we thank you for the substitutionary death of our Savior Jesus Christ on the cross. from which we benefited salvation and the forgiveness of our sins, our justification, ongoing sanctification, and waiting for our glorification. Thank you for his work, how he loved us, how he saved us to the uttermost. Help us to love him. Help us not to deny him. Help us not to be like Pilate, but to be like Mary and Peter and others who love Jesus to the end. In his name we pray. Amen.